Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody out there in West Georgia, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Wake it up on this Monday morning, feeling the excitement. I'm so happy that I live in the state of Georgia. Are you excited yet, Braves fans? We've got a great show. I'm going to recap the Braves. They reached the World Series for the first time since 1999. We had the Falcons get a win, and I'll have my college football recap as well. But this show today, I'm going to dedicate this show the majority of the time about the Braves because this is a big deal. I moved to Atlanta in 2006 and call it what you want. If you want to say that I cursed the Braves for not making the postseason because I moved the year after they made it to 14 straight division titles. Okay, I guess so. The Braves in the World Series in 1999, a lot of you, a lot of my listeners, don't even remember that because you're probably in your mid-20s, your late-20s, you were probably a kid last time they were in the World Series. But let me tell you something, I was on pins and needles watching this NLCS between the Dodgers. First of all, me being a Giants fan, I'm so glad the Braves beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers have no more excuses. The media is just saying, oh, the Dodgers choked, they're disappointed, and they just don't want to give the Braves a shot. Well, I'm also going to preview Game 1 of the World Series. That is going to be tomorrow night. Charlie Morton is going to be your starter for the Braves. Framner Valdez will be the starter for the Houston Astros. And this is going to be a very good World Series, and I'll preview that. But first, I want to talk about Saturday night's game because I was nervous. The Braves coming back to Atlanta. The narrative was on people's mind. The Atlanta sports curse. The fact that the Braves blew the 3-1 to lead last year. The Braves flipped the script. It got nervous a little bit. First of all, Eddie Rosario is a beast. He wins NLCS MVP. Hits that three-run home run off Walker Buehler. And I thought Walker Buehler was going to have his stuff that night. And I thought that the Dodgers could get that game and possibly get Game 7 because of the starting pitching that they were throwing out there. But it didn't matter. The Atlanta Braves get the 4-2 to victory. It got a little tight in the top of the seventh inning. First of all, I actually agreed with the decision to put Luke Jackson in there because you've got to give him an opportunity to get his confidence back. He has to face three batters. It was a disaster for Luke Jackson. And in comes the hero, Tyler Matzik. That name will go down in Braves history. He's got runners in scoring position with no outs, Top of the seventh inning, Braves are up 4-2, to two, and Tyler Matzik strikes out the side. Then he goes back for the eighth, and he gets three outs. And then Will Smith, the Braves' closer, shuts the door on a ground ball, a very underrated ground ball that was caught by Dansby Swanson throwing it to Freddie Freeman. And that moment is stamped in Atlanta sports history. To clinch at Truett's Park, where it was standing room only, 42,000, an additional 20,000 outside the stadium in the battery. 
I stayed up and I watched the post game. I was very happy for all those Braves fans, not just in the state of Georgia, but all over Braves country. Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, the panhandle of Florida, everybody that's a Braves fan, this is your moment. The Braves finally make it to the World Series for the first time since 1999. And I know when you were a kid, maybe my age, you were spoiled because the Braves were the team of the 90s. They won the World Series in 1995. They went to five World Series titles. And I remember when I was a kid, this was before I had ties to Atlanta. The Braves were always on TBS. And in 1991, the Tomahawk Chop was famous, and they had that improbable run to the World Series in 91 where they took on the Twins. Probably still to this day, the greatest Game 7 World Series of all time. And then 1992, the Sid Bream slide. They breached the World Series again against the Toronto Blue Jays. Otis Nixon tries to beat out a bunt. I remember Deion Sanders was in that World Series. And then they won the World Series in 95, and that was great. And they played a Cleveland Indians team that was a juggernaut. They had Jim Tomey. They had Manny Ramirez. They had Kenny Lofton. They had such a great team. Uh, 96 is when a lot of Braves fans were hurt because they were taking on the New York Yankees. They had a much better record. The Yankees were this up-and-coming team. They were up 2-0. They won the first two games in New York, and then the Yankees came back. Jim Leeritz's home run, and then John Wetland saving it four straight times. Greg Maddox actually lost a one nothing game. Andy Pettit was just amazing for the Yankees, and the Braves lost that World Series. Heavy favorites in 97, they lose to the Marlins in the NLCS. Heavy favorites in 98, they lose to the Padres in the NLCS. And now they're back in the World Series in 1999. This was the first time I actually went to a Braves game at Turner Field. I was a student at Freed Harmon University, and we decided to take a field trip to Turner Field in Atlanta. I'm seeing this stadium. It's two years old. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the stadium where they had the Olympics. And then they converted it into a baseball stadium. And 1999 was the last year that the Braves had their bona fide starters, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and John Smoltz. After that, John Smoltz went into the bullpen. Tom Glavin left via free agency to the New York Mets in 2002. Greg Maddox leaves via free agency to the Cubs. And it just never was the same. What's impressive was that they made it to the postseason all the way till 2005. I remember some of their starting pitchers include Tim Hudson, Russ Ortiz, Mike Hampton. Got some good starting pitching. And the team that they're about to face in the World Series was in the National League, and they played them in the postseason in the NLDS in 2004 and 2005. So this World Series is going to be a rematch of these two teams. So game one is going to be tomorrow night. Charlie Morton is going to take the mound for the Braves. He's got a lot of rest. Glad that the Braves didn't have to go to a Game 7. This is the starter you want on the mound to pitch Game 1 of the World Series. He has postseason experience. I honestly feel, and this is my humble opinion, the Braves got over the hump by beating the Dodgers. The Dodgers lineup just scares me because they have veterans all over the place. The Houston Astros, not so much. They do have some talent, but they don't come at you as intimidating like the Dodgers do. I don't even know who the Astros' closers are. Like, Kenley Jansen just comes at you, and the Dodgers have Bruce Dar Gratterall, and they have Blake Trident. I could not tell you 
who pitches for the Houston Astros. Framder Valdez is going to take the mound for game one. I know who Jose Altuve is and Yuri Gurriel and Carlos Correa. They don't have George Springer anymore. I think the Braves have a shot against the Houston Astros. And if they win one of those games in Houston, if they take it back to Atlanta, I don't see the Astros winning any of the games in Atlanta. Games three, four, and five, if necessary, is going to be this weekend at Truett's Park. And there is only standing room only tickets on sale for $1,000 on StubHub. This is going to be the biggest moment in Truett's Park and great for the city of Atlanta. I'm so excited that they get to host a World Series. And there's even a chance that in two weeks we could have a parade in Atlanta. That's how strongly I feel about this Atlanta Braves team, that they are capable of winning the World Series because they have that swagger, they have that moxie, and they got over the hump by finally beating the Dodgers, a team that has beaten them three times in the postseason. And they don't have really a history with the Houston Astros in the American League. They do have that history with them in the National League. It's going to be a great series. What's crazy is you can actually drive or fly to Houston. Houston's 11 hours away from where I live. And it would be cheaper for you to go to game one of the World Series because on the open market, World Series tickets are $400 compared to 1000 in Atlanta. You can actually get a flight and go all the way to Houston and see the Braves in game one. My suggestion is it's going to be a pitcher's duel at Minute Maid Park. There's not a lot of home runs in that park. And I don't think that the Astros have the talent that the Dodgers do. I think the Dodgers were just that nemesis that the Braves had. Astros had a good series beating the Boston Red Sox. They were down 2-1. to one. They do have some bats, but the Red Sox pitching is just not very good. I have confidence that the Braves pitching with Charlie Morton, Max Fried, and Ian Anderson can get the job done. And the Braves can win their first World Series title since 1995. That's what I'm picking. I'm picking the Braves to actually end this Georgia sports curse once and for all. My big question is, what Georgia sports curse? Does this rectify the Georgia sports curse now that the Braves have won? Atlanta United won an MLS Cup in 2018. The Atlanta Hawks made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and won a Game 7 on the road. So, yeah, there's no Georgia sports curse. I know I could talk Braves this entire show, but we actually did have other sports over the weekend, including the Atlanta Falcons winning two straight and getting a win over the Miami Dolphins on the road that they normally wouldn't have done under the Dan Quinn regime. The Dolphins take the lead in this game 28-27 to after the Falcons blew a 27-13 lead. I seriously thought I was going to get on the show and start ripping the Falcons about blowing another late lead in a game. But Matt Ryan was poised. First of all, Kyle Pitts is a weapon. He is starting to become Matt Ryan's favorite target. And once again, Kyle Pitts, a beast. Seven receptions for 163 yards. He might break the tight end rookie record for the NFL for tight ends. He gets the Falcons in field goal range, Young Wei Koo boots a 36-yard field goal with no time left on the clock. And the Falcons win the game 30-28, to and they are 3-3 three three on the season. They will host the Carolina Panthers next week. I think that's going to be a win for the Falcons. And then now they're in prime position to maybe sneak into the playoffs. Remember, seven teams in each conference makes the playoffs. 
There are five clear-cut teams in the NFC that are going to make the playoffs. You got the Cardinals, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, and the Packers. That means there are two teams. Maybe it's the Vikings. Maybe it's still the Panthers. Maybe it's the Falcons that will sneak into the playoffs. And I think that this is the year that the Falcons could do that. Because if you look at their schedule, now I'm looking at their schedule. That game against the 49ers is now a winnable game because the 49ers are just garbage right now. And I'll talk about that later on the show. But the Atlanta Falcons, great win. Georgia had a bye. So this weekend, you had a lot of Georgia fans that were planning vacations, going hunting, going fishing, and watching the Braves. I actually think that Game 6 of the NLCS might have been the highest-rated Braves game ever because Georgia was on a bye. How crazy is it going to be next week when you're going to host Game 4 of the World Series on Saturday and you have the Georgia-Florida game? You also have the Falcons and Panthers on Sunday. That might be Game 5 of the World Series. So it's going to be a very busy Georgia sports weekend. I will get into all of it. Remember, I'm taking this show down a notch, going three days a week now. So Wednesday show, I will recap Game 1 of the World Series. Now moving on to the rest of the National Football League because we did have some surprises. Teams that are... Starting to pull away from the pack. First of all, you need to start taking the Cincinnati Bengals seriously. Getting an impressive road victory over the Baltimore Ravens, 41-17. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are just on the same page. Jamar Chase might be breaking Randy Moss's rookie record for receiving yards from 1998. Then you have the Tennessee Titans all over the Kansas City Chiefs. That was just a, a put out. That was just an offensive showdown where Patrick Mahomes could not get the job done. The Arizona Cardinals are still the lone unbeaten team in the NFL, 7-0, beating the Texans 31-5. Tom Brady gets his 600th touchdown. The Buccaneers all over the Bears. The battle of two teams where they swapped quarterbacks. Jared Goff started off pretty good, and I thought that the Lions could sneak in and get their first victory this season. They were up 13 to 3, but then the Rams shown that's why they got Matthew Stafford. He was able to throw three touchdowns and win the game 28 to 19. The Raiders are 2 and 0 without John Gruden. They're 5 and 2 on the season after beating the Philadelphia Eagles 33 to 22. Carolina benched Sam Darnold and they're in trouble. They're 3 and 4, lost four straight by losing to the Giants. Bill Belichick puts up a 50-burger over the New York Jets, an MRI for Zach Wilson today. The Jets are just a mess. And then Green Bay gets an impressive victory over the Washington football team. And then that leads me to the debacle on Sunday night, which I stayed up and watched. The dreadful San Francisco 49ers losing to the Indianapolis Colts at home. Do they ever win at home? The Colts, which are a good team. And Carson Wentz does it again on Sunday night to the San Francisco 49ers. I saw this last year, and that goes to show that you need a quarterback. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. He doesn't make the greatest decisions all the time, but he has a cannon for an arm, and he took advantage of the depleted secondary by the 49ers by getting three huge pass interference calls. And the Colts, they gambled. They pulled away. They got the touchdown late. And they won the game 30-18. to 
Jimmy Garoppolo was dreadful. And I think even though Kyle Shanahan says that Jimmy G is still the starting quarterback, you need to put Trey Lance in there. When Trey Lance is healthy, he needs to be your starting quarterback, especially next week against the Bears when you got Trey Lance going up against Justin Fields. That's what everybody wants to see, right? The 49ers lose four straight games. After starting the year 2-0, and they're now 2-4, and and the ship has been sailed. This is going to be a lost season for the 49ers, and they don't have a number one draft pick next year. So you can't rebuild. The GM, John Lynch, and head coach Kyle Shanahan, they need to lie in the bed they just made. They need to ride and die with Trey Lance. Trey Lance could be a good quarterback someday, but now it's sink or swim time because Trey Lance does give you the best chance to win the game with his scrambling ability outside the pocket and especially not having Trent Williams in there, the left tackle, and George Kittle was out. It was just a recipe for disaster for the 49ers. I don't want to hear the excuses about the weather because Carson Wentz had the same weather issues and he was able to throw the ball down the field. So this is just dreadful. Colts, who are a talented team, they get back on track. They're now 3-4. and four. I thought the Titans were going to run away with this division in the AFC South, but now the Colts play the Titans next week. And that is going to be a showdown in the AFC South that I'm looking forward to seeing. College football over the week. I started watching those games at noon because you had the second-ranked team taking on Navy. Cincinnati was taking on Navy at noon. And then you had Oklahoma taking on Kansas at noon. And Oklahoma, their performance over Kansas was dreadful because Kansas, into the third quarter, was leading the game 17-7. to If it wasn't for Caleb Williams' decision-making to strip the ball from his player on a fourth down conversion, Oklahoma might have lost this game to a Kansas Jayhawks team that hasn't won a conference game in two years. Oklahoma has just been an embarrassment. They're 8-0, but they've been barely beating these teams, and then they drop in the rankings. They're now ranked fourth. And I know that Lincoln Riley has got Caleb Williams playing at a pretty good level where he's able to pull these games out, but Oklahoma sleepwalks through all these games. Their defense is non-existent. They do not deserve to get in the college football playoff if they remain undefeated. Of course, I talked about Georgia being on a bye, but Georgia Tech was able, uh, Georgia Tech lost to Virginia. You had Alabama. It started off slow, but they were able to beat Tennessee 52-24. to This was a very close game into the fourth quarter. Cedric Tillman's 70-yard pass from Hendon Hooker with 14.30 left to go, and Alabama was only leading 31-24. to And then the wheels came off for Tennessee because... Alabama decided to start playing football. You had Ole Miss beating LSU. Another upset, Iowa State beating Oklahoma State. And then the game that was the craziest game was Illinois in nine overtimes beating Penn State 20-18. to So if you look at the new rankings now, Georgia is still the unanimous number one. And they have a big game against Florida. And it is a big game because it is a rivalry game. I will preview this on Wednesday. As we talk Georgia-Florida, it's Georgia-Florida week. Cincinnati is still the second-ranked team, and Alabama is right behind Cincinnati with one loss. Alabama is in the driver's seat to make it to the college football playoff. They control their own destiny. 
I still think if they meet Georgia in the SEC championship and if they were able to beat Georgia, I feel that Georgia could still get into the college football playoff. Oklahoma drops one point in the rankings. How impressive has Ohio State been? Ohio State getting a big win against Indiana, who started out ranked this preseason, and Ohio State gets a big win over Indiana on the road, 54-7. to They got a big matchup against Penn State next week at the Horseshoe, but Penn State has now dropped to 20th. So Ohio State, if they run the table, they're in the college football playoff. Michigan, an underrated Michigan team that's 7-0. I'm surprised you got two one-loss teams that are above Michigan. Oregon, they're back on track after beating UCLA. Michigan State, has Mel Tucker made himself the candidate for the college AP Coach of the Year? You have Iowa, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Wake Forest, still the lone unbeaten team in the ACC. All right, like I always do, I'm going to go through the local teams in Georgia you know, to give them some love. Kennesaw State beats Campbell on the road. Kennesaw State is 6-1 and one on the season. You got Mercer that defeated Wofford 45-14. to Georgia State got a big win over Texas State 28-16. Georgia Southern was on a bye. Looking at some of the local teams in Georgia in NCAA Division II, we had quite the showing. You had Albany State beating Savannah State 30 to nothing. Fort Valley State beats Clark Atlanta 40 to 7. Valdosta State still unbeaten by beating Mississippi College 41 to 14 on the road. West Georgia gets a win by beating North Greenville 34 to 12. And LaGrange College loses to Maryville 52-16. LaGrange falls to 1-6 on the year. We did have some action in high school football for the Chattahoochee Valley. Although Central was on a bye, Smith Station did pick up their second victory of the season. Auburn beat Enterprise. And Russell County finishes their season 5-5 after losing to Carver Montgomery. So the brackets for Alabama playoffs have been just about set. The playoffs will start the first weekend in November and central is poised to win the state title. They have a very favorable seating. They will finish the season next week as they will take on Oxford in a non-region game. Now over on the other side in the state of Georgia for the West Georgia region, you did have Harris County beating Northside in their rivalry game. LaGrange goes to seven and one after getting an impressive victory over Spencer Friday night at Callaway Stadium, 55-26. to And the stage is set next week. This should be the high school game of the week. LaGrange will take on Troop County at Callaway Stadium. A big rivalry game that is taking place. You don't want to miss it. One other high school game that's a big rivalry game is St. Ampicelli taking on Brookstone. And congratulations to the Shaw Raiders for picking up their first victory over the Kendrick Cherokees in a rare Saturday morning game at Connect Stadium. Just the way the schedule goes, and plus with Jordan being canceled for the remaining for the remainder of the season, that is why Shaw was playing on Saturday morning. All right, it is a great time to be a basketball and hockey fan, especially I'm a Warriors and Sharks fan. The Warriors are three and zero on the season. The Sharks are four and one. The Sharks did lose their first game on Sunday against the Boston Bruins. 
But they're off to their best start since the 2015-2016 season when they reached the Stanley Cup. But the Golden State Warriors got an impressive win over the Sacramento Kings at the Golden 1 Center in Sacramento. And the Warriors are 3-0. I was watching basketball late last night. I actually wanted to see the Lakers try to lose because that would be a big news story if the Lakers were 0-3. But they were able to pull the victory over the Memphis Grizzlies 21 21- 121 to 118. Despite John Morant's 40 points, he is starting to become a superstar. Carmelo Anthony scores 28 points, and they're able to pull away and get the victory. And let me tell you something about this Lakers team. They don't look like a very good basketball team. They do have some veterans that know how to get the job done, but they're not going to be able to finish a track meet with a team like Phoenix with a team like Golden State that likes to run the floor. Memphis is a good team. They were 2-0 into this game, and this is their first loss in the season. But they could not stop John Morant. If John Morant goes off like that, if if he makes his three throws, this game is tied and goes into overtime. So the Lakers are in trouble. I don't think they're winning the title. They might sneak into the playoffs, but this team is old, and this team looks slow. And it, it took a heroic effort from Carmelo Anthony to bail them out. The Atlanta Hawks will take on the Detroit Pistons tonight. They had a disappointing loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers over the weekend. Sometimes it's just not your night. They just had a bad night shooting. But hopefully they get back on track and they will take on the Detroit Pistons. Not sure if their stellar rookie Cade Cunningham is going to play. I think he is still injured. But one rookie that is really starting to be impressive is Evan Mobley for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then Davion Mitchell for the Sacramento Kings. He is definitely going to get some consideration for all-rookie as, once again, the Kings hit the jackpot by drafting well, getting Tyrese Halliburton last year and now Davion Mitchell. He could be a sleeper this season That is all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I will talk to you Wednesday morning. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.